Minisode 6.2 Love Amongst Thieves There is nothing that cannot be taken from us, our loves, our lives, our light. But before the thought drives you to pits of despair, remember, there's nothing we can't take back either. Welcome back to another mini-sode from Girls Who Don't D&D. We are still in lockdown here, but we are getting closer to being set loose once again. As soon as that happens, we'll get back to our normal way of doing things for Episode 7. In the meantime, though, we thought we'd try another one of those one-on-one sessions, which, as you can probably imagine, is quite daunting for new players who have only really had six sessions under their belt. But we felt compelled to do so because of the wonderful support we've had from this little community of listeners out there. Thank you so very much. For me personally thank you to void wivenkin for writing us a lovely review and i don't mind saying i was pretty chuffed by reading it and i very much appreciated your kind words also ken from a place called michiana i hope we're still in your ear as well you made me look up michiana it's a cross between michigan and indiana things you didn't know if you want to drop us a line to say something kind you can find our socials on our website girls who don't dnd.com and don't forget it's d and not d and d because you know technical internet stuff please don't tell us the name is misleading i didn't think past the first episode okay i didn't think you'd all stick around <laughs> today we're in for a treat no pressure whatsoever but today we join freya as she tumbles down a mountain of ice and snow and experiences a flashback to a moment of importance as she nears death so joining me is Indy, otherwise known as Freya the Rogue. Indy, can you hear me? I can. Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions, Indy, before we get rolling. The first one is, since we went online, what's that been like for you, seeing the response we got? Oh, it's been awesome. I feel very um, very supported and connected as well. I, I didn't uh, expect to have this much of a big following, which is great, so early on. Um, and a special shout out to Lawrence in Ecampo, which I have not heard of in California, who is now our 250th follower on Facebook. That might not seem like a big number to other people, but to me, that was like, wow, that's a lot of people who were connecting to us. And we've had you know, thousands upon thousands of people download the show. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely love one more thing, um, that people think we're funny. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I really love that. No, it is really nice to have people laughing at jokes and, yeah. and, uh, and thinking we're actually doing a decent job. So I, I really do appreciate that. When you're playing Freya, what drives the way you think? What are you thinking of? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'm very, I'm very like, personally attached to my character. Um, so it is just my natural response, really. <laughs> are you saying you're... Are you just playing you? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> and when my hit points go down, I, I, I get scared. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's great to be connected to your character. Are you ready to play? I absolutely am. It's just one girl, a dragon, and it's not very long. Freya. The roar of crashing snow and ice replaces whatever you were trying to yell at Carmen. The impact sends you flying, and within a split second you can no longer determine up from down, left from right, light from dark. Your head crashes into something hard, a shockwave jolts through you, but just as everything looks to be fading to black, you break free. Specks of light punctuate the sky above you, the stars offer hope, your cheeks rise to a smile, and your feet find purchase on a pebbled path lined by the silhouettes of tall trees. A thin sliver of moon lights as little as it can. The perfect night to be a thief. A whisper breaks the silence. Right, I'm always keen to steal something with you. You know that. 
and I'm even more keen to sell stuff I don't own. And I mean it when I say I'd follow you anywhere, but this, this can't really be right. It can't be this easy. I mean, surely somebody tried this before. You look towards the young man walking alongside you. Wavy hair that probably should have been cut back sways to and fro across his eyes, brown over blue. He looks at you for a moment longer than he should, but far less than he wanted to. The back of his hand has been brushing against yours with each step, exactly the same height. Either one of you could have moved, but neither one did. Nor did either of you find the bravery to take the risk of holding on. I just think, and I know sometimes I overthink things, but I just think the Justicars wouldn't have built a spare portal out here in the forest. And I... Uh, I don't think... Uh, that we would be able to use it. I mean, you have to be a Justicar, and we're just... Uh... And he waits for you to finish the sentence. Orphans? Yeah, Frey, I mean, the Guild is amazing, and we look after those kids far better than the orphanage ever did. We're just orphans too. Doesn't matter what I do, even though I'm older than you. I'll always just be little Jordan, and you, you are, you're just, you know. And I'm just Freya. There's no such thing as just Freya. Everything you've done, getting rid of the matron, feeding all the kids, keeping them safe, building the guild, us, it's all, um, Freya? Where did, Freya, where'd you go? The path ends rather suddenly. Trees and heavy bushes cover any semblance of a road. But you don't slow down. You step straight through the illusion. And the path reappears. You notice, though, that your partner in crime has stayed behind. His blue eyes are wide open in astonishment. Perhaps even a little fear. What do you do? Ah, but I can't see the trees? You just walk straight through them as if they weren't there. Ah, okay. It's almost like you knew they didn't matter. Like, they look like trees to you, but you just went... No, this isn't real. You just step straight through it. But he's standing looking at these trees saying, where did you go? Well, I start calling out to him to come follow me. He's still looking around. He can't hear you. This illusion seems to block out everything. All right. Well, I'm going to keep walking forward then and see what I can find. When you walk a few steps forward, you can see the, the portal on the ground that you wanted to walk to. And it's just sitting exactly where you said it was. Can I go back in between the um, illusion? He's standing right at the edge of it. Oh, yep. All right. I will reach through the illusion and I'll grab him and pull him in to see the portal. All right. How about you roll me... We'll, we'll both roll dexterity and see what happens as he has a hand comes through the bushes and grabs him. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me. <laughs> Great start. One. You rolled a one. <laughs> I rolled a one. He's done quite well, actually. As your hand comes through the bushes and grabs him, he is stunned but stays on his feet. You, however, do not, and you manage to drag him down on top of you. Oh. <laughs> He's not that much bigger than you, so I'm sure it doesn't hurt too much. But you <laughs> land on top of him and you knock the wind from his lungs. Sorry, but you've got to have a look at this. And I pull him up. Fine, fine. I just forgot to breathe when I... Quick, come and have a look at this. I really want to show you this. Okay, okay. And he grabs your hand when you get up for a second. You can see a circle of statues and they're hewn from rock and they rise from a stone floor in a clearing. The slither of moonlight fights through the shadows to give the statues a shape. There's a dwarven woman waving a hammer with jewels in her hand. There's an elf with a long cloak of leaves and there's a man with a long beard and a heavy coat who seems covered in snow and there's at least... Quick, at a quick glance, at least ten altogether of these statues. Oh my, says Jordo. 
Are you sure you've done this before? I'm positive, quick. And I grab his hand and we follow and we go down to one of the statues. Each statue seems to have something unique about them. Uh, in between them is a stone floor. And as you stand on it, the stone vanishes. And is replaced by a rippling field that looks like water. The statues around the edge light up individually. Not too bright, more like the moon is highlighting each one of them, one after the other, like a clock going through different types of times of the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Depending upon which one is brighter, an image of a different location appears beneath you. When the statue is on the dwarven Justicar, a mighty hall ripples into view. When the statue of a heavily armoured man shimmers, the entrance to a dark castle becomes clear. Then the light hits the statue of the elven man, and the ripples paint the beauty of an elvish city, of towers and spirals, and a castle shimmering in perfect sunlight. Quick, grab my hand, we're just going to jump. Alright, so you jump together, and... As you do that, give me a perception check. Hopefully this is better than your one from last time. Um, I would like to say that, but it is definitely a one. You just didn't, did you just roll another one? <laughs> yes. Holy crap, you're off to a and terrible start. You shook it everything. Mm, I shook it. <laughs> All right. It's weighted. Just as you start to fall into the ripples, you realise Jorda isn't coming with you. Oh. He's aware of it too, and he's desperately clawing at the surface. You see him jolt back violently and his eyes widen in shock. His hands flail about and then he's gone. Oh, does he stay there? That's what you'd probably be thinking, yeah. He didn't come through is what you can definitely tell. That's really bad. And he's gone. Oh, oh no. Around you now is the Elven City and you've definitely been here before. It's the place you wanted to show Jorda. Actually, what you wanted to show him was the treasury, but now it's just you. Uh, the ground beneath you stops shimmering, the rocks return, and you can no longer see any trace of Jorda. You can see two elven guards at the base of the portal. They're facing away from you. Gone are the stars, gone is the night. Somehow here it is morning and the golden sun is rising, and you are right out in the open. What would you like to do? Um, I'm going to go up to the guards, and I would like to ask them why... Someone wouldn't have made it through the portal. <laughs> Love the way you guys play. <laughs> it's just insanity. <laughs> you're, so, you're so innocent. You are a thief who is clearly breaking into some place, going through a portal that people shouldn't be able to go through, and you're going to go on a... <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse I know I'm me. not allowed to be here. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you tap one of the guards on the, and you give them a hell of a shot. Elves are very good at picking up on people being where they shouldn't be and hearing sounds and even smelling the people. But because you've appeared basically through a portal, and a portal that very few people should be able to use, they're not there to stop people coming through the portal. They're there to stop people trying to get to the portal. Uh, so they're stunned when you tap them on the shoulder and say, excuse me, do you know why my, my friend isn't here? And straight away they pull weapons. At this point, can I turn into someone else, shapeshift? They're looking directly at you, so you can probably do it. But they're going to notice. Yep. Can I t turn into a, an elf? Uh, yes, you can turn into the elf that was in the statue. All right, I'm going to try that. Okay, directly in front of their <laughs> eyes, you turn into an elf. <laughs> who they know as their leader. And they pretty much know straight away that you're not their leader. <laughs> Mm. 
Mm. And then I'm going to run very fast. <laughs> All right, you run. And no one else will notice. Yeah, you're like, you're like if Mr. Bean was a rogue. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> you turn in, yeah, you're currently a, an elven male, uh, just a car, uh, wearing a long coat of leaves. The, the area you're in, you're about to run, but the area you're in is an enclosed courtyard, if you look around. It's like a square shape, and you can see four walls in either direction. And around you are all balconies that go up a couple of floors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're inside the courtyard. This is not an area where they expect anybody to be in. It's only for the people who live here. But that would give you an idea of what sort of people would live around such a portal. And from each of the lower floors, there are banners of royal blue and golden trim draped over the edges that go all the, almost all the way down to the ground. Ah. Behind them, behind, the, behind these buildings, you can see towers and pinnacles in the distance. You would also probably know that the portal will take a minute or two to recharge to let you go back through because you've done this before and you know that you can't just tap your foot back on it and disappear. Okay. So you're going to have to get a, find a way to, uh, I want to say hide, but they have seen you. Uh, so. I, I made that very clear. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you like to go? Um, I'm going to use one of those banners. And I'm going to try and scale and jump onto one of the balconies. They're kind of, I should say, these ones are co- across between overpasses that you can walk between to get to different rooms and balconies that stick out from different levels. All right, give me an acrobatics check and we'll see what happens. Okay, that was a six. Plus six. So I've got 12. A 12 total. All right, you are capable of starting to climb the banners and you're getting up to the first floor. Um, as you're doing that, the one of the elves is running up behind you and grabbing the cloak that you've that you've turned yourself into. <laughs> so you're part person, part elf, part cloak, whatever it is. He's grabbing the cloak. Uh, give me a strength check to see if he's capable of pulling you down. Okay. Oh, 18. That was a good one. All right, you rip free and jump over into the into the into the corridor, and the corridor runs quite a, it's quite a lengthy corridor. There's a couple of doors along there. Around the corners of each of this of this area are those spiral staircases that they'll be able to climb up pretty quickly or sta- walk up. They don't have to climb upstairs, uh, so you know they're not far away. Okay. Interestingly, though, they haven't called for help. Uh. So that's either that they assume they can fix this problem, or perhaps they're even scared of not being able to fix this problem. Ah. In the corridor you're in though, you can see four doors, probably locked. The footsteps are getting closer. What would you like to do? All right, I'm gonna use my mage hand that looks like a healthy hand today. Oh, it's just, it's, it's looking nice and healthy for a change? Yeah, yeah, nothing too morbid. It's a little rare for you to be doing that. Normally you like to have some sort of filth, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna use that to help me to unlock some doors. See or see if the doors are on. All right. There's four doors. Uh, you've got ones that are closer to the guards who are coming up the stairs and you've got ones further away, obviously. Yeah. Which ones do you want to go to? Or which ones do you want to send, send a hand to? You could probably get to two of them. I think the hand could get to one of them. So the hand I'll send to the door that's closer to the guards that are coming and then I'll go check the other two. All right. Well, there's four doors. So when you say the other two, <laughs> you'll check two of the other three. <laughs> are you trying to trick me mathematically? You're like, he won't notice. If I just say I'll check the other two, I'm going to roll a dice here to randomly pick which one ones are potentially unlocked. Okay, uh, you sent the hand to the first one. Yep. Locked. You checking the second one? Yep. Yep. It's locked. <sighs> you check the third or the fourth one? Third, please. The third. Sounds like a game show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Behind door number three, 
you're not going to believe this, but that actually was the one I rolled that was unlocked. Uh, so you fall into the room really quickly. And I get a car. <laughs> Freya wins a vehicle. <laughs> you fall into the room and it is a room uh, just like any other house, really. It's the, it's pretty clear the people who live here are well off. Uh, there are it's beautiful furniture everywhere and you can see family photos all along the wall. Uh, and there's a balcony on the outside of this room and the windows are shut. The fact that they've got windows is pretty impressive in the first place because that, again, shows just how wealthy they must be. I would like to go over to one of the family photos and turn into one of the family. Oh, okay. So the family photo includes uh, an older male, yep. uh, an older female and yep. two younger kids, like grandparents and their grandkids. So what would you like, who would you like to turn into? The older female, please. As you do that, you hear the handle on the door behind you and one of the elven guards walks into the room. What do you do? Um, I, I act very vulnerable. It's going to hunch over and kind of have my hands up a little bit and look timid and shy. All right, let's first of all see whether you've managed to deceive them. Give me a deception check and you are usually pretty good at this. Ooh, 11 plus 7. One of them walks over and puts their hand on you as if to help. And I point at the window. Give me a roll, another deception check, but this time at disadvantage. 18. 6. Uh, so a 13 is enough. Uh, but the guard looks at you a little bit longer as he walks over and opens the window that you're saying somebody managed to escape through. Mm. Uh, he says something to you, but you can't make out what that means. I'm just going to start crying. You're just going to start crying. The universal symbol for I'm scared and leave me alone. That always works. He looks at you and you start bawling into tears and he thinks, I want nothing to do with this. So he goes, he opens the window, confused as he is that someone would escape and then you know calmly close the window behind them. And he looks over the side and starts looking around. Perfect. Uh, and uh, starts looking down below. Uh, he comes flying back past you, says something really quietly and then leaves the room and starts heading down the corridor to go down the, down a different direction. Um, has that portal recharged and has it opened again? It'd be tough to know without seeing it. You've got to be really close to it, but it's probably getting close to it. I'm going to start to wander down those stairs. So, as an old woman, I'm going to grab my walking stick and I'm going to start walking down the stairs. Very confidently, because no one will suspect it's me. As you're doing that, one of the other doors, the one that uh, where you're mage handed try to open the door opens ah. and a young girl comes out she looks no more than say 10 she looks afraid too and prepared to scream i'm gonna hobble over and nod my head and try and be kind and gentle and say sorry sorry and then wander past you're gonna say sorry sorry oh no maybe i'm not gonna speak it's too late now <laughs> so you say sorry sorry and her <laughs> eyes just instantly uh, <laughs> Widen because she has no idea what you've just said and she starts screaming and she starts screaming. Alarm bells. Uh, and you hear the guards come running again. Oh, goodness. I'm going to scale back down the building. It's too far to jump, but you can roll acrobatics again and see if you can make it off the side. 16 plus 6. With a 16 plus 6, uh, you can land extremely well. <laughs> and it's a superhero landing. Of course it is. Just for the sake of it, it's yet another superhero landing. I'm an 80-year-old woman. Who's landing like a superhero? Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> you land in a position that should very clearly break all of the hips you could possibly ever have. Hips, ribs, everything should break, and yet you just nail it. Uh, you're right next to the portal now. 
And is the portal open? It still looks exactly the same, but you would probably know that it won't look any different until it's standing in the middle of it. Okay, I'm going to try and run through. Alright, so you run over to the portal and as you get there, uh, the portal beneath you starts shimmering again and the different uh, statues start lighting up around the different area. Uh, beneath you, you can see different places that each statue represents. You can hear the men running and I, I assume you'd like to go back to where you came from. Please, yes, that would be great. This time it cycles back and you can see the forest. Awesome, jump through. You fall through the portal and instantly the towers and spirals of the elven town, all the balconies and all that sort of thing, are replaced by stars and trees. It's night again. You raise yourself in the ground, but there's no sign of Jorda. At least, not at first. Give me a perception check or a nature check. Up to you which one you'd like um, to go for. I'm going to use nature. And I've rolled a three plus two with a total of five. That did not go well for you. No, not really. <laughs> the, no, not at all. Uh, the forest on the outskirts of your city is very deep and dark. There are some tracks, though. You can see broken uh, twigs and thick bushes. And when you push them aside, you can also see two pale yellow eyes. Ugh. And then a low growl sends a shiver up your spine. Is it a spider? <laughs> Spiders don't growl, do they? It's a wolf. Roll initiative. So, uh, 14 plus 3, 17. Alright, so you've managed to somehow, despite the shock of that, the wolf doesn't jump at you straight away. You can attack first if you'd like. Oh, do I have to attack it? You've, you've scared it, but it's a wolf. It's a real wild animal. Um, I might use my shocking grasp. It's plus four, if I'm not wrong, give it a roll. Uh, Eleven. Okay, so you reach out, because it is just in front of you, and where do you grab it? Oh, that's hard. Um, I'm going to go around the throat. Definitely around the throat. <laughs> I thought you were going to try and be gentle, so I was like, I'm going to grab it by the paw and softly shock it and you've gone, no, I'm going around the throat. So, alright, you grab it around the throat and you give it a shock. You'll need to do a 1d8, I think it is, for your damage. A 3. <laughs> you did 3 points of damage. Is that bad? It's not good. Uh, so you did 3 points of damage uh, and you shock the wolf. It stumbles back to the side a little bit but then launches towards you to try and bite you. Ooh, now I'm going to use my shield. That's probably not a bad idea because that adds up to a 20 from the wolf. What's your armor class? 16. It launches at you and tries to bite you and it si seems to slide off the side of you rather than get its teeth into any part of you. Uh, it falls to the side but rights itself fairly quickly and back to its legs and growls again. What would you like to do? Do you think um, I could outrun it? I do not think so. <laughs> I'm going to use Jocking Grasp this time. I'm going to grab, grab its front leg and try and scare it there. Give me a d20. Uh, 14 and plus 4, 18. Yeah, that definitely hits. Give me another d8 to see what happens. Ooh, 6. You hear it whimper and it steps back from you Aww. a little bit and holds the paw off the ground. Poor thing. It backs away a bit further and if you let it, it will leave. Yeah, I'm going to let it go. Alright, so you back away from each other, trying to walk back through the forest. Um, give me another perception check. Ooh, 18, the numbers are high tonight. Plus four. You notice now that the forest floor being mostly sand and soil, and because it hasn't rained for a while, uh, there is a clear track leading away from the fight you've just had. Some of it's been scuffed up from the fight, but you can tell that there is a path being made by two feet 
and something being dragged, and perhaps even a thin trail of blood. Perhaps that's what attracted the wolf in the first place. All right, I'm going to follow, follow the trail and the blood. Trail of blood leads away for a while, and while it uh, does seem to be fairly steady, it doesn't also look life-threatening. You don't look at the blood and think whatever's bleeding is gone. But it does start to lead you back towards the town you came from. And the town you came from is Cardison, where you live these days. The blood starts to lead through the city as well, this time on cobblestone streets. In the city of Cardison, there are a few buildings that are very conspicuous, ones that stand out. See the line of blood start leading towards one that you know well. Against the backdrop of the night, it almost disappears. It's, it's almost impossible to see. It's an older building. Whoever lives there or whoever is there, traditions mean a great deal to these people. This building has been kept the way it always was and not updated. And even though this building reaches just a few floors above the ground, you've heard the rumours about it that make you think that the building itself actually goes quite a bit down into the ground as well. The blood fairly clearly leads straight to that building. At the entrance, there are two women, both of them wearing silver cap masks. Neither of them speak, and their eyes are looking around the boundaries of the street. Give me a stealth check. Ooh. Three plus six, nine. As you arrive, both of them stop and seem to be looking in your direction. You're still an old woman, by the way. (laughs) You still look like an old woman, so they look in your general direction. I'm just going to hobble on past, try and find some more information about how to get through this gate where these two women are. As you're walking past the building, uh, you can tell the building has six windows. Give me a perception check and we'll see what you can tell from that. Nine. Plus one, yeah. Uh, So a ten total. Um, You can tell that four of them are well lit, two of them are in darkness, and then you hear from inside someone scream. (laughs) You can't determine who is screaming, uh, but part of you feels like you should know. Uh, You can see that the building itself uh, has some drain pipes on the edge uh, that, you know, lead to the top. And there are wires between the different buildings in the street that have washed clothes hanging from it. Uh, Other than that, there's not much you can tell. I'm going to turn back into myself. So move away from the front of the doors where those two women are. Are you going to move away before you change again or are you going to do this right in front of them like last time? (laughs) Yeah, I've learnt my lesson this time. (laughs) I can't get away with that anymore. (laughs) So I'm going to move away into maybe like a side alley where no one's around and then quickly shapeshift back. And then can I scale the down pipe? If you want to sneak around and do a stealth check first, if you have a successful stealth check, then definitely we'll give it a go. Ooh, 17. And stealth is plus 6. All right. You stay in the shadows really well this time, and you make absolutely no noise, and you find your, find your way across to the drain pipes and start to latch on. No problem climbing it. You've got two choices of windows from here, one with lights on, one with the lights off. Um, I'm going to go with the lights off. The windows themselves aren't locked. This is a place that doesn't seem to think anyone's going to really try to get in there. Uh, so the window slides up nicely. Give me a perception check just before you go in. Oh, eight plus one, so nine. No, you don't notice anything. Now you're in a dark room and the light coming from outside is just enough to make it clear where the door is and it does appear that there's not much in the room except a bed. There is, however, someone asleep in the bed. There is someone asleep in it. There's definitely someone sleeping in the bed, yes. Okay, I'm going to try and stealth my way through this room 
without waking that person up. All right. Um, and open the door. You've done well to get in here. I'm going to give you this one with advantage. Give me a stealth check with advantage. Three, 13. And my stealth is plus six. You tiptoe through the room quite well, and as you do so, there's a familiar smell in the air, uh, a whiff of a, f- of a soft fragrance that gives you pause. Oh. But then you hear another scream from beyond the door. I'm going to open the door and then go into the corridor and try and hear um, which direction the scream's coming from and follow the direction. Now that you're in this corridor, you can see a few doors. You're on the second floor, so you can see stairs at the end of the, of the corridor. You can tell where the sounds are coming from, and if you put your ear to the door, you can hear whimpering. It's definitely Jordan's voice, though. You can't make me. I won't tell you anymore. You can take whatever you want from me, but I won't give them up. They're just kids. And then you hear another voice. Oh, you brave, sweet boy. Of course they are. I don't want them. I want the head of the snake. With her, I will take them as well. So where is she? Now give me another stealth check. Uh, nine plus six. Fifteen. Well, that's actually not too bad. You notice that this door hasn't been completely shut. From where you are, you can see that this is a, a room of ex- with an extraordinary display of wealth and vulgarity. There is a skull of a huge beast, surely something that was once immensely powerful and now is the base for a glass table strewn with golden coins. In the centre of the room you can see a chandelier of crystals that spread lights across an otherwise darkish den. And you can can now see taxidermied animals and monsters of all sorts of rarity in poses of aggression and permanent violence. They're all just growling and, and looking like they're about to rip things apart. Elaborate weapons line the walls alongside paintings of well-dressed women, each with one side of their face covered by a shadow or a veil or a mask. Ah. And a beautifully dressed woman in the middle of the room, adorned in a tight gown of white lace, holds a jar in her hand. Something like that, and you can't quite see what's inside. Beyond that, there's one more thing that draws your attention. In front of her is a heavy-set man holding the throat of Jordan. His thick fingers, sausage-like fingers, squeezing against his desperate resistance. The other hand is far more concerning. Its thumb is pressed against the young man's left eye. Jordan says nothing. His teeth remain gritted together, but his body is shaking. What do you want to do? I'm going to try and sneak in. The door's not fully open, is that correct? It's only enough that you've been able to see this this information. You'd have to push it further to uh, to actually step inside. It's still open a fair bit, though. All right, I'm going to try and push it further, and then I'm going to sneak across to the table with the animal holding it up. First of all, give me a stealth check to see if this door doesn't creak. Ooh, five plus six, eleven. Oh, yeah, it creaks. <laughs> <laughs> Just to make things a little bit more difficult for you, that's your worst roll of stealth so far, I think. Yeah. Uh, as you push it, it creaks, and I'm just going to roll to see whether they hear it. There are three people in the room. Two of them heard it. That's bad. One of them is Jordan, and he looks over and sees you and, oh no. The woman behind him sees you as well and says, well now, isn't this lovely? Here I was wondering how to extend to you an invitation to join me, and here you are. (laughs) Don't worry, he didn't say much, but he did mention your name. Freya, I believe. All right, I'm gonna just open the door and then say, yes, my name is Freya. 
I'd like to believe that you had your head really low down to the ground and you crawled into the room. <laughs> and now you're just sort of standing up and dusting off going, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I was always here. No, this was, this was how I meant this to happen. So. <laughs> this is always the plan. I wasn't trying to be stealthy. <laughs> well, let's cut to it. It's not just you I want. You're children of the Night Guild. I think they would be better served under my guidance. Don't you agree? So yeah, so she mentions this thing called the Children of the Night, and you would know uh, in this time period that this is your guild she's talking about. And the Children of the Night are a collection of orphans you've saved from the orphanage who do petty crimes throughout the city so they can feed themselves and keep themselves alive. You would also know that the guild you've come into tonight is the Nine Lives Guild. Yeah. And they are the better known guild in the city, the one that is respected for true crimes. Can I ask her why she wants my guild? Oh, it's simple. I'm just a good person. Can you offer them this kind of wealth? And she points at the different things around the room. But no, there's something more. What else do you want from them? They could be very helpful to me and me to them. Of course, with what I already have, my assassins, my thieves, I can be of great influence. But I would like them to be my voice on the streets, my eyes and ears, if you will. And you can bring them to me, painlessly. Uh, what's in the jar? Um, give me a perception check. Uh, 11 plus 1, so I've got 12. As you look at the jar, you see that she can tell that you're trying to see what it is. And for a second she tries to cover it up and move it to the side, but before she can get it to the side, you notice the jar contains eyes, or Ew. eyeballs. And then when you look back across at Jorda, you can tell the man has his thumb over his left eye, but Jorda's right eye is just a mess of blood. Yuck. Okay, she's not taking the kids now. Now, now, of course, you're probably a little angry. They were lovely eyes. But let's not be too hasty. Don't listen to a fray. It's not really a choice now, is it? And thanks to your little friend, Jorda, I believe. I already have a job for you to prove your allegiance. The boy tells me there is a treasury that you so wanted to share with him. Some kind of glorious sword kept there. Bring it to me. And perhaps you can save his other eye. And your little children of the night she throws a silver mask at your feet. You stare at its cold facade and you see your own reflection distorted by the metal. Don't forget to wear the mask. And then the roar of the avalanche returns and you find yourself struggling for air beneath the weight of the snow and the decisions of your past. Don't worry about them. I'm sure they'll be fine. It's just a sudden ending. It happens all the time. So maybe there's danger or just a clever line But don't worry about them, I'm sure they'll be fine Right?